Alright everyone, welcome back to Lead Your Tribe. A little bit different again today. Now Kyle isn't joining us, it's just myself, Dale Sobottom. Um, and today's guest is not only someone that I've watched grow with, but I also call him a really good friend. Uh, I've talked with today's guest for about four years uh, and we've sort of started businesses very similar time and um, we'll also talk about a venture that we've created in Bali together. And I speak none other than the one, the only, Jace Buddy. How are you, mate? Oh, good. Thanks, Dale. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Now, let's talk about one thing I want to just get straight in with you. Obviously, you're you're running a business with your lovely wife, Tegan, and you are still teaching full-time. And I suppose today we're going to talk about a tribe and how you build that and a following and everything like that. I, I want to know, how has teaching helped you with your businesses and building, particularly with FB Fitness, how has being a teacher uh, helped you build a tribe? Yeah, I think, uh, and obviously we've spoken a lot about this uh, previously, but I think relationships play a massive role in in pretty much whatever you do. And I know, um, again, we've spoken a lot about the, the importance of building that rapport and building that relationship with people because, you know, eventually that's probably the only thing that, that uh, makes the difference between you and any other business out there. So if you can form those relationships with um, obviously your students, which you do when um, you're a teacher, um, I think that flows really well into basically any other businesses that we do. And we're in the business of people at the end of the day. Like, you know, as I said, there's a lot of, we're obviously in the fitness industry and there's so many other people out there in the fitness industry. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the crowd, but um, yeah, if you form those, those, those relationships and those bonds with your clients and your clientele, that's what keeps them coming back. Yeah. And it, it is so true. And I think when people are starting a business out or they're um, finding their feet, that people worry about, you know, the branding, the name and everything like that. Whereas it's, it's all about that relationship, that connection and sort of making people feel comfortable. So how have you done that with FB Fitness over the years? Yeah, so um, we started, you know, just with a, an outdoor little group similar to, I know yourself, I've done that sort of thing. And I know Kyle's done similar thing as well. So um, I think it, it would be about eight years ago now, I'd say. So, wow, that's um, a long yeah, time, mate. Started, oh, yeah, I was actually reflecting before, um, yeah, sort of jumped on here and I was thinking it back and I'm like, geez, it is probably, yeah, my daughter's um, seven years old. And I remember before, obviously, she was born, that's when we sort of started it all and and it literally started with three people um, who was looking to do and who we'd probably trained at previous gyms. So when I was um, going through uni, I did some part-time work at um, a boxing gym and sort of met some clients through there and again, built relationships and um, they'd moved on from that gym and we're looking for somewhere to train and or someone to train them. Um, yeah. So started with a little group and literally I, I think the biggest thing you can, the biggest um, advice I can tell anyone is like the, the, the importance of just showing up. Um, as, yeah. a per, as a as a client as a as a trainer um, you know obviously there's days and we've spoken again a lot about this there's the, the rain's coming in sidewards and it's about five <laughs> degrees outside or minus three and the days at 6 a.m along the beach where literally I'm freezing um, but you know I think I could I could count on one hand the, the amount of sessions that I either had to cancel or haven't shown up for in eight years and I think that plays a massive role in it like as I said you built the relationship but you actually just have to show up continuously and consistently over a long period of time. So yeah, we built that from three people obviously. And then um, yeah, sort of each year got a bit of word of mouth and a bit of word of mouth. And then eventually um, yeah, had the gym for nearly coming up four years now and um, pre COVID things are going good, mate, but uh, yeah, we're getting back <laughs> on track now. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I, I want to, when you, when you were starting out a bootcamp, cause a lot of people want to start out or they want to branch out into new things. What sort of marketing did you use to get those three people or then 
from three people because, you know, as you said, turning up three mornings a week, I know that's how many times you're running it. When you don't have many people there, it's a little bit flattening. So how did you go from three? Because I know you were at 30, 40 people um, before you went into your gym. How, how did you do that? Yeah, so again, like it isn't isn't uh, always the best motivation to, to get out of your car and train three people. But <laughs> I think it is really, really important to every single session, just treat it like, you know, that these people... They're, they're paying you for your time, obviously, but you want to make it the best you can make it for those three people um, because, you know, they're, 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 uh, they are the, the voice of your brand or your, your, your business. So um, obviously from there, we, we got a few friends of, of those three um, and word of mouth is obviously huge, but we then got some flyers done up. And, you know, when we first started, we didn't even really have a business name or anything like that. We sort of just, um, we'll train a few friends and that led to another thing. Oh, if we can get three, or well, then maybe we can get six. And then from six, um, maybe we can get to 10. And um, so we ended up getting some flyers. Um, we were in Port Melbourne. So obviously heavily uh, apartment sort of focused around there. Um, so basically snuck into a few mail rooms, mate, and uh, dropped a few, fl- few uh, thousand <laughs> flies around. So it was always a battle on um, how we could get into the next mail room for some of them behind um, sort of doors. So I wouldn't be advocating this to anyone, but um, yeah, definitely <laughs> trying to get the word out there. And then obviously we started our social media. Um, and again, probably eight years ago, wasn't maybe as important, but uh, it's definitely taken over as our main sort of source of new, uh, new, new clients. Yeah. So, so from the obviously initial mail drop, I, and I know the answer, you have, you've sort of stopped doing that, but, is that sort of your marketing sort of grown as you've grown and you've, you've found your niche because there's so many different ways people can um, obviously market and attract new clients. Um, uh, you've yep. obviously very, very active on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Um, that's obviously free. Do you, do you use paid marketing or has that just evolved as, you know, the business has grown, Jace? Yeah. So early days, we just got some flyers made up. So little square flyers and uh, my brother-in-law is a graphic designer. So, Again, kept costs down there if you sort of did a few love jobs and lent on a few favors. And yeah, only really cost us for printing. And I think it was only a couple hundred bucks to start with. So our sort of um, reason to go into that was that if we could get, you know, one or two clients out of it, the pace for itself. So um, yeah, a couple of thousand flyers, dropped those around. And I think I still remember yeah, getting like one or two emails out of probably 2,000 flyers. So you don't get a lot of buy-in, um, but really, again, you just focus on nurturing those one or two. Um, and again, those one or two build up to three or four. And then, as I said before, you know, a continuous, I know this sounds easy talking about it now, but continually showing up for three and four years, all of a sudden we build it up to, yeah, having some, some bigger groups coming. So nowadays, um, yeah, so we just, we obviously do lots of organic stuff on, on Facebook and Instagram, but yeah, we've, we're, we're dabbling into some paid ad stuff now. We're working with actually a, another team who does that for us because, it's one of those things, uh, once you sort of get down the rabbit hole, it takes lots of time and, um, and effort. And it was one of the things that was probably the, our biggest bugbear and something that we'd always, we'd always put to the end and, and put to the bottom of the pile of, you know, obviously your priority lists. But um, now we wanted to really make it a focus. And again, the start of the year, we, put, we invested obviously some money into that. So uh, yeah, I just, they basically, the team sort of looks after it and we, we liaise with them and and approve everything and uh yeah we've found some getting some really good results out of that yeah cool so i think that's really good advice for sure and if you're going to try and do everything yourself you're going to do it pretty average and, and really not spending your quality time on what you do best and that's obviously train clients make it a memorable experience and and really do the inside the gym so um has it been really game changing when you've just let that go and actually paid people like and i know um is that mainly like seos like google rankings that you've sort of gone that way 
so we, we do a little bit of stuff with uh, a business called YBL. So they do like your Google business listening. So it's different to sort of SEO marketing, but it does help with obviously your, um, your Google ranking. Um, so that helps us out to sort of get the organic traffic to our website. Um, but yeah, we work with a team who does basically our social media. Um, they put a bit of a strategy together for our monthly campaigns and they'll run that. So we have a couple of different ad sets running at a time, um, all designed around sort of building and nurturing audiences. And again, I knew a lot of this stuff, and um, but it's different between actually knowing and then actually executing on it. And again, it, it does come down to time. And when you do spread yourself so thin, like you would know, you uh, eventually sort of cut corners and try and do things sort of half ass and it doesn't actually work. So um, yeah, it was it's a massive sort of um, weight off the shoulders knowing that we're getting good quality content out there. We're getting good quality leads getting generated. Um, and it's something that we can just, I suppose, look over rather than have to manage, execute, deliver, you know, plan, all that kind of stuff. So it definitely helps. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice for people listening that if it's something that you're not that good at, you normally will just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And um, it's amazing what happens when you actually invest in it. It's basically investing in your business. And I know that's what you did four years ago, Jason. You had this goal with uh, your lovely wife, Tegan, to, um, you had a boot camp and it was going well, but you wanted to move into a gym. You wanted to have your own space. Um, what was that process like? Because um, that just doesn't happen, does it? You don't just say one day, I'm just going to start up a gym and, and a month later it happens. How, how long did that process take? Uh, yeah, so... Anyone out there who is interested, and, and I know there's obviously lots of people who have gone down that path, but yeah, we sort of built up to a point where we were getting some some good numbers at our boot camps, and um, it was actually probably the council started cracking down on us for using some of the spaces <laughs> that we probably weren't allowed to. Um, so it, forced, it probably forced us um, to either yeah move our spot or because we had a pretty good spot where we were with a bit of fake grass and some light and then yeah it doesn't take long you know people complain about everything mate so i think there was a couple of complaints and then one thing that's another so we were sort of thinking about heading down that track anyway but um yeah i still remember it was one of the new year's eves i reckon we had two kids under two um wasn't doing much on a new year's eve so i started writing up a business plan um downloaded like a template one night and then yeah just started writing it out and um from there it would probably took about I think it was just over a year. So that was New Year's Eve. I think it was 2015. So coming into 2016. Um, and then basically had to go try and find a space for it. So we obviously wanted to stay around Port Melbourne, which is where we had our clientele base. Um, we knew that if we could get that or start up a gym and have, you know, 30, 40 clients pretty much guaranteed, then all of a sudden, you know, it's not that, not that far sort of break even and we wouldn't be doing it too hard for too long. Um, so yeah, so the process, I suppose, uh, have sort of a business plan in place. Again, uh, my, my cousin's an accountant, so sort of lent on him for a bit of financial advice. Uh, it's very, very important to have um, some finances. I know a lot of the stats on small businesses are, are pretty alarming in terms of how many go out of business within the first year. And, and I reckon 90% of those are probably due to financial issues. Um, yeah, you can probably, I think, you know, you've probably heard this before, but you, you overestimate what you can achieve in one year and underestimate what you can achieve in 10. So People think, oh, yeah, first year, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make this amount and this and this and this. And, um, yeah, stats don't lie. It, it probably doesn't happen that way and it doesn't happen that easy. And everything costs more than is expected. And then uh, you don't make as, as much as you probably expect either. So from there, uh, yeah, sort of went through the leasing plate, the stage of trying to lease uh, a property. And that's a whole beast in itself. So, um, I mean, we initially missed out on one that I was pretty shattered about and pretty flat about. But, 
um, yeah, like they say, one door closes, another one opens. So we end up finding a better one, um, which was good. And um, that's when all the fun and games start, mate, to be honest. Um, I don't know if there's probably people in here that are listening that haven't had to deal with councils before, but um, you have to actually get a, a, ch- a change of use permit, it's called. So um, yeah, so secure the lease on a building and then it's sort of a catch-22. You have to secure the lease first before you can get this um, approval sort of granted. Um, so yeah, I went through that process. Didn't really know what we were doing, sort of fluffed our way through that. And I spent, um, went to Port Phillip Council about three or four times and was super nice to everyone I even spoke to in there and tried to uh, to, to turn on the charm. But um, yeah, eventually submitted an application, come through and then, yeah, then all the fun starts, mate. The equipment and the setup and the decking it all out and painting and whatever else. So it was good. Yeah, mate. And I like that. And I know one thing you just mentioned there, obviously starting out financials, what you've got all the overheads, you've got to buy the equipment, everything like that. Um, how important has it been you still full-time teaching why you set, you're setting up a business? It, what has that allowed, I suppose, to happen? I know you, you're working some crazy hours and things like that, but what has that meant for your business? Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously we, were, we um, got a bit of a loan to help us kickstart the business and obviously you need to have to pay that back and all that kind of stuff. So again, um, no, part of our business plan was always going to be that I was going to continue to work. Um, obviously, we work at a place called Cedar College. So um, our hours are quite flexible and it is, is uh, it has allowed me to do this on the side and still, I suppose it doesn't, it doesn't have, we're not having got the stress of trying to take a wage from the business to support, you know, our life. We've got obviously two young kids and um, we need to make sure that we could still have food on the table and not worry about, you know, where the, how we're going to pay our bills and stuff. So basically, yeah, work the, the normal job and um, yeah, use that income to, to live probably as low as we possibly could and try and reduce our costs of living as much as possible, but also then, yeah, build up a business on the side and, um, yeah, definitely important to, to know your numbers in terms of, yeah, if, you, if you're trying to rely on making money in the business to support you um, personally, it's going to definitely put an extra strain. Um, it's probably going to, to stop and become one of those stats that maybe don't make it. So, Yeah, yeah, very true. And, and as I said before, obviously, um, you know, at home, you've got two lovely girls in Indian Kaya. Um, Tegan is your business partner, your wife. Um, how do you make that work? Because I know a lot of people um, struggle with this. There's a lot of issues and uh, leaving work at work and then family at family. Um, how have you made that work? Because I know you do it really well. Uh, maybe externally, it probably looks like we do it well, mate. But um, there's definitely <laughs> some... There's definitely I'll cut some that bit out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely testing times. Instagram's not reality, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> no, I think like anything, mate, it's a work in progress and... I suppose, you know, for Tegan and I, we've been together since we were at high school. So we've always had sort of similar interests. It's been fairly straightforward. All the things that we sort of like, we like um, together and we do together. So this is just another one of those things. Um, yeah, I would definitely wouldn't say it's been easy, but, uh, you know, communication is, is key. Sometimes I'm probably not the best at that and uh, we have to have a, an audit on that and we reset, but... Um, <laughs> an audit, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we call it an audit, mate, or you can call it an argument or fight, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Audit's a bit more formal. Um, But it's definitely, definitely a challenge. Obviously, you know, when you run your own own business, there's no real off switch. You're getting, you know, calls and messages and emails on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all of a sudden you're in family mode and you switch. But um, it's definitely a balancing act and something that, 
you know, over time we're probably going to get better at and better at. But um, yeah, I guess there's no sort of blueprint you to follow, mate. You just um, you just take it day by day and do the best you can. Yeah, and I, I love that. And I know I've I've spoken about that uh, about four. I think it was about four years ago that um, we we're obviously still teaching together and. Uh, we had the idea that we'd love to run retreats in Bali um, and obviously offer something else to our clients because um, I know you're very passionate about this, but having uh, not upsells, but other ways to build your community and broaden that community. So um, what is the retreats in Bali? I know obviously this year with COVID and all businesses have been affected, but the previous three years we've run retreats in Bali. How has that added value to your business? Yeah, I think... Yeah, definitely um, giving our clients uh, something else. I know a lot of them love to travel and 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 love to stay fit and active. So when we could, could combine the two and give them a really good experience, I think it's really value added to getting to know people. Obviously, you see them, or we see them at the gym, and we might see them for you know an hour a day here and there. But spending you know what do we spend eight to ten days with a lot of these people, and you're with them you know twenty most of the day every day. So you get to find out a lot more about the individual and. Um, I think, you know, you get that deeper the bond and that deeper relationship with people and they're things that, you know, stay with you forever. It's longer. Um, and those experiences that we've, that we've gotten from going to Bali and um, obviously, yeah, we, we have lots of different things that we do on those retreats, but I think people grow and, and they really, uh, I know, especially once client we took last year, she's, you know, transformed the whole life. Um, and I know if you probably know who I'm talking about, we don't have to I've mention a, it, but I've got yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she still comes to the gym now and talks about how good Bali was. Like, every, you know, once a week she would say, Oh, I remember this in Bali. And, you know, if we've got our group checks and she's obviously texting in there pretty frequently and just has, has obviously went through a major sort of um, a life sort of um, yeah, restructure, I suppose we could call it. But um, yeah, really transformed herself, lost a heap of weight and um, has really yeah, changed her life right around. And I think, you know, if you can have that sort of impact on someone, that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, mate, no, I know I'm just sitting here smiling because you do remember things like that. Um, and I know that you do other things for your community. So obviously um, making it a, a brilliant experience when they train with you, but um, what other social things have you found that work really well? And um, probably a second part of the question, is there anything you've tried socially to build that connection, build your tribe that hasn't worked? Yeah, I think organically we we um, our clients, you know, like obviously my mum trains with us quite regularly, and um, we have a quite an older demographic um, that mix in really well with our younger demographic, and it, and again, they say you're to sort of your vibe attracts your tribe, but I think yeah, organically we've sort of had that from our get go, and that's probably something that that um, people really comment on the new people that come and start training with. They're like, oh, you know, everyone's so nice. Um, and I suppose, you know, if you see that every day, you probably sort of get used to it. But for external people who come in, it's really nice to hear. And um, we just want people to be able to feel comfortable um, when they train. And, and, you know, that's a huge thing. A lot of people have, you know, poor experiences with either health and fitness or with training. And if we can change that. And the extension of that is that, you know, organically, a lot of, the, a lot of our clients will catch up for coffee straight after training. And that's not something that we organize. That's just something that, you know, they do. Um, one because they love to catch up and they love to be social but they drag new people along with that and like again we that's not something we even organize or even say like i don't ever word pump someone up and say oh can you invite so-and-so for a coffee for a coffee like, yeah it just, yeah it just happens and 
like I suppose, you know, we sit back and, you know, they leave the gym and we don't really, you know, see what happens afterwards. But to see people comment back to us and say, oh, you know, ABC invited us for a coffee and we chatted for half an hour. And I think people really miss that. And obviously, you know, when you're, you're a kid and you're at primary school and, you know, you're probably forced to have friendships and that. But something you miss when, you know, a lot of, we have a lot of expats or a lot of people who rent in Port Melbourne. So they come into a suburb where they might not know anyone all of a sudden they come to a gym and then they're getting invited out to coffee or breakfast after a Saturday boot camp, and it changed their whole life. And again, yeah. yeah, you know, to sit back and think you just, yes, you are just a, you know, a trainer and a, and a fitness um, gym, but you know, to have again, that impact on someone's lives where they're not sitting at home by themselves, all of a sudden they're, they're going out organically and just having a breakfast or having a coffee with someone and making sort of those connections. Um, but following on from your question, yeah. So we've done a few different social activities. Obviously, we try and do a Christmas party every year, and we, we usually do like a, a bowls bowls afternoon. So we have a barbecue and we put a barbecue on. And yeah, people have a few drinks and families come along, and yeah, it's really good to sort of do that at least once a year. But um, we've done a few other ones where we do uh, we went bowling a few times, like um, temping bowling. That's been good. Um, so yeah, I suppose some of the things that we've done. Um, what other things I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, we've done um, some like uh, a few of us got involved in like a Mother's Day walk and a few other charity sort of events like that um, where we've put not an f- official team in from us as a gym, but um, yeah, sort of a few of us got together. Uh, but yeah, those type of activities, I think have been really good for yeah people to get that connection outside of the gym as well. Yeah, and I, I think that is really important that um, you want to create a tribe that not only works together or it does the training together but then your tribe is obviously as strong as what you do outside of you know the common interest and like you just said if people are organically you know going connecting and catching up coffee and everything like that that is brilliant mate and you must just sit back and think like that's obviously something pretty proud of because you're created the environment that's allowing that to happen jace yeah and again it's probably you know, you, it's not something you, you think about too often. And, and again, I said, like, when you see something every day, you sort of just get used to it. But you really feel it when, when like, obviously, we've had a pretty bit of an influx since post-COVID sort of thing. Um, so we've had a lot of new people starting at the gym. And I would say 95 of them, 95% of them have just been saying, like, how nice everyone is. And again, like, you see it every day. So you just think, oh, this is how it is. But these people have been to other places and they're like, it's this is not, a normal thing sort of thing so yeah it is really cool to to reflect back on um and again like i said like I, we've had people that have come on the past and um they probably haven't fit that mold and they get pretty they, they get weeded out pretty quick like they don't last and they're the ones who don't and we're, like we're fine with that and i think something that you could probably take away is you know when you are building your tribe it's okay for people not to fit in and not to want to be part of that and um, you don't have to try and force them to stay in that because sometimes that can have a, a detrimental effect as well on the group. So, um, yeah, be really true to you and true to your values because, yeah, I think that really reflects in your group that you have and um, that'll flow through on anyone who ever then tries to come in. Oh, I love that, mate. That is, uh, if, if you're listening, guys, and you get one thing from it, I think that's the, the key takeaway. Now, Jace, you did mention a, a word that, uh, as 2020 keeps rolling on, it keeps delivering all over the world, but COVID, um, obviously not ideal for a fitness business and so many other businesses have been affected by it. But if you could use it as a positive, what has it maybe taught you about yourself or your business or your relationship? Or what have you learned from COVID this year from probably being put in a situation that we didn't want to be or didn't expect to be? Uh, I think, 
as I said, like the the relationships that I've we've built over the long period of time with our clients really held strong. Um, obviously, when it sort of kicked in, um, we lost quite a bit of business over a two week period. But there was a real core group of our clients who pretty much said, "We've got your back, regardless of what happens." Um, and to be honest, that's probably the difference between us being in the position we are now. We're a really strong position to move forward and basically you know having to sell some stuff to basically survive so um without that i think we yeah we wouldn't be in sort of that position that we are now and i think again just having those those relationships with those core people who who you know to to reassure you and say we've got your back no matter what happens i mean we ran you know a heap of zoom sessions for these people and they they were so grateful um it wasn't easy. As I said, like we, again, we threw homeschool in there as well for our two girls and um, sort of everyone living on top of each other. And yeah, I had homeschool with our, our CEDA students as well. So it definitely wasn't easy, but I know, yeah, as I said, we had to try and um, band together. And I, even on those days where you're not feeling great and there was plenty of those, you still had to, to show up for, I suppose, your tribe. And, and, and that's for us, that's our clients. So those ones who stack fat, we, as I said, 6.45 or 7 a.m. every morning, we were running Zoom sessions for them. We had, you know, 15 Zoom sessions a week that they could do. We had yoga sessions. We had extra stretch classes. We just tried to go over and above um, and really be selfless, I suppose, during that time and in a time where it was, you know, some people showed their true colours, I suppose, during adversity. Um, it was really trying just to do the best we could to support our community through it. So, um, but mm. I think one of the things that we that we did, you know, we'll learn from was, um, yeah, the benefit of, of having that really strong connection with your, your community and your tribe. So, you know, we were, we were, we were sort of texting everyone every second week sort of thing to just to check in and it was just more a friendly one. Um, and again, those people were just so appreciative of it and everyone, you know, if you have 40 clients, you've got 40 different situations, scenarios. Some people had lost work, some people had lost businesses, some people had, um, had not been affected and had been going better. So it was sort of managing all those different uh, variables and just uh, trying to, yeah, go through each day as we could. Mm, and I, I think one thing you just mentioned there is something that's probably the easiest thing you could do, you know, is just reach out to your clients and send them a simple message that isn't selling. It's not about business. It's just generally connecting. Um, is that something, I know you do this quite a bit and it's something you do for teaching and everything like that, but has it sort of reminded you over this period how crucial that simple just check-in can be? Yeah, definitely. And, and obviously, you know, we speak about this again, we, like I do that personally with just, you know, mates that I haven't touched base with for a while. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it, it goes beyond you as a business owner and you as them as a client. It just moves that relationship again to that next level. And, um, yeah, these people that, yeah, stuck with us during that time, as I said, like, um, yeah, didn't want us to change any of their payments or anything like that. So I just made it really uh, easy, I suppose, for us and, and it helped us out a massive uh, amount and then yeah we just checked in with as many people as we could because yeah obviously you, you lost that connection we used to we used to see these people four five six times a week all of a sudden we're seeing them on zoom and some of them got cameras off and you know you don't hear from them so you just wanted to make sure that yeah everyone as i said everyone had a different situation everyone had a different um, home situation uh so we just wanted to try and do the best we could to support sort of our tribe and um yeah i think it's definitely strengthened our community so that now everyone's back like, yeah, it's just it smiles all around. Yeah. And I think people that are listening, because we've got quite a lot of people listening around the globe that are, you know, still struggling going into winter in lockdown and everything like that. And um, I think it is a really simple way to check in. And 
um, just even even show a little bit of vulnerability to your clients because you're probably struggling as well. And I think that's exactly I know Jace tags and yourself did this because it was a really it was a, it was a hard period for everyone. So I think that's something you can take away. Reach out to a couple of people now, Jace. I've got some uh, fast questions, fast feet like you in the goal square playing footy. You ready for these? Oh yes, I'm ready. I love these. <laughs> what's what's the best tool you use in your business? So this could be marketing. It could be a software. What's the best tool that you couldn't live without in your business? Uh, social media, for sure. Yep. And mainly Instagram, would you say? Yeah, Instagram's probably our main one. Yeah, but just yeah, the ability to connect with people and um, yeah, go beyond sort of just that business promotion side of things, but just be a part of the community and support and try and do provide value and all that kind of stuff. It's been great. Mm. Yeah, and I think that is really good. Uh, best marketing tip. I know you've given it a few away um, and, and probably how you've grown as a business from, from doing letter drops and uh, things like that. But what's probably your best marketing tip for listeners? Um, yeah, I suppose we've spoken about this in our other business, but we're probably not the best marketers in terms of making those hard sales. And, and that's something we really struggle with. So yeah, I just try and to, like with our, our marketing, everything is about trying to provide the most value we can. And um like I'm a massive believer in karma and doing the right thing and, you know, and that coming back to you. So I think if you can uh, show up, as I said, all the time and, and provide as much value, I think you will get clients out of that without trying to make that hard sale or, you know, forcing someone into a, a lock-in contract or something like that. So that'd be probably my tip is just, um, yeah, don't always just try and sell. People can see through that pretty quick. They they can mate the used car salesman it doesn't work that long and you'll uh, you'll doesn't slowly help. get rid of people no. mate. Um, what advice would you give yourself if you could look back from when you were starting out your boot camp in middle of winter three people from everything you've learned over the last eight years? Is there one bit of advice you'd love to give yourself? Jeez, oh, that's an always a good one. I, I wouldn't <laughs> change much. I wouldn't change much to be honest. I'd probably um, save a bit more money for this thing called COVID when it comes around. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no one no one was really expecting that one um but i think just yeah continually show up for your clients uh for your tribe and then just keep you know building those relationships yeah love that mate and so people listening here where can we find you where's the best spot to find fb fitness and the great jace buddy yeah so we did go through and road name rebrand so it is fb fitness port melbourne so facebook instagram um you can check us out fbfitness.net.au um yeah if you're around port melbourne if you ever want to come down for a session we'd love to have you in and uh make you part of our tribe mm, very beautiful part of the world as well and i know i've been fortunate enough to work with you train with you be your mates and things like that um if people are you know is, is that the best way to contact you because i'm sure people listening here are Maybe in the position you were, they might be running a boot camp. They might want to start a gym or they might want to find new ways to build connections with their clients. Where's the best way to maybe reach out directly to you, Jace? Yep. You can send uh, send us a, a message. I check that Instagram every day. I don't even use my personals anymore, mate. So, uh, But otherwise, info at fbfitness.net.au, email address, shoot us an email. As I said, I've had um, quite a few people hit me up before and always happy to share um, a word or a, a sort of piece of advice, I suppose. Um, yeah, not, to, not that I'm a guru or anything, but I can always offer my sort of two cents on based on my experiences. So happy yeah, to well, chat. Mate, perfect. Well, I have links in the show notes for that. And uh, just before I let you go, Jason, uh, this is a little bit strange, this podcast today, mate. What have you actually had done today? Because 
you're laying down. You, you can't feel your legs. Do you to explain that? I'm very impressed, mate. You, you've absolutely nailed this podcast. And for the condition you're in, that's pretty impressive. So we've been trying to tee this up for the last couple of weeks. And I said, mate, I'm going to do it on this day. And I said, yeah, that's all right. But I'm having a procedure in the morning. So I've had um, an epidural in my spine. I've had some nerve issues with my leg. Um, so, yeah, I went to uh, medical imaging in uh, – in uh, Olympic Park there, so they've put, sorted me out. But I'm basically, yeah, my left leg's numb now. I have to get carried up the stairs. So I'm at home in bed. And I have to spend the next three days in bed. So if you do want a message, I know this probably won't go out <laughs> quick enough, but I'll be uh, putting out a lot of content on Instagram because there's not much else. And they, I know I'm like you, mate. I hate sitting down. I hate being uh, inactive. And they told me I have to stay in bed for three days. So that's going to be a big battle. So we'll see okay. how we go. Mate, I couldn't imagine last time you stayed in bed and the hours you're doing. But, uh, Jace, as always, <laughs> thanks, mate, for, uh, I don't know, allowing the time. I, I, I was very uh, precise when I needed this podcast. And uh, as always, mate, you don't let anything get in the way. So um, thanks for sharing everything you're doing with FB Fitness and your journey along the way. And um, I think a lot of people be able to take it, just the importance of connections and how to really foster those and build them. And I know I've been fortunate enough to learn with you and, and from you, mate. So, um, yeah, thanks for obviously being on the show today, great man. No worries, the King. Thanks for having me. Take care, everyone. Hey, guys.